Tigers Uncaged. Shoot his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Uncaged, a podcast about your medicine at Tigers. Huge shout out to South Country Co-op for being a part of this. My name is Jesse. He's Lance. Seven losses in a row. It's going to end at some point. It's got to. It's got to. The Tigers are are now last in the Central Division, but they're not far off from third, which is (laughs) crazy to say. It's a wild division. We'll get into that more with uh, interim play-by-play voice Scott Roblin. And uh, also a little goalie talk today yeah. because that's been one of the, the bright spots so far the Tigers season between Garen Bjorklund and Beckett Lankow. Uh, goaltending has been solid. And uh, we get to talk to goaltender coach Matty Wong. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning. Advising. Getting our boots dirty. Helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do. Because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision. Grown with care. And grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to the podcast. It is Tigers Uncaged. A huge thank you to South Country Co-op for doing this. Uh, as always, we get the interim play-by-play man, Mr. Scott Roblin by telephone, joining the podcast. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? I thought we're doing okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little peeved. I'm a little ticked off. I'm I'm sick of losing. Tigers, as of we recording, have lost, what, seven straight games? Seven in a row. And the, the weird part with the losses that they've had is I couldn't point to one exactly where they've completely been blown out and have looked like the, the worst team. They've had a few where they've come out on the short end for sure, but um, they, they've gotten to this point and just have not been able to uh, to get the consistency in their game and have come heartbreakingly close as they did on Sunday afternoon in Calgary. And uh, it's just a real tough sledding for the black and orange right now. Yeah. If you look at this losing streak so far, it's a one goal loss in Edmonton, a loss in overtime to Moose Jaw, one goal loss to Swift Current, one goal loss in overtime to Moose Jaw. You also got a one goal loss in overtime to the Jeez. Calgary Hitmen. So uh, it, it's so strange, Scott, because it feels like they're, they're close, but yet here we are. Yeah, it's just the situation of when it rains, it pours, it, it, it seems like for this team, because um, anytime they've been playing with a lead in the third period or they've been really gaining some momentum, they'll just you know have one play where things kind of go haywire and it usually ends up in the back of their nets. And uh, you even take Sunday's game against uh, Calgary at the Saddledome as, as one of those examples. They had the lead with um, you know less than 
believe it was less than seven, eight minutes in the game and uh, gave up a, a goal to the Hitmen where they just crashed the net and threw everything they had at the, the Tigers. And then in overtime, it was a game that uh, really was dictated by penalties. And um, it was a, a hooking call against Corson Hoplo, um, you know, one that is a tough one for the Tigers. They've had a couple of that uh, taking a penalty late in either the third period or in overtime that's cost them. And they had this one and, you know, it's a bit controversial. Uh, you know, I know the team wasn't too happy with the call, but um, that put them down a man and uh, that allowed Calgary to really cycle the puck and find an opening to score the OT winner. So they, they just have not been able to get really anything going their way. Uh, it's sometimes uh, hockey is a lucky sport and uh, sometimes teams fall incredibly unlucky. And for the Tigers for the last few weeks, that's been kind of their MO. Now we've praised the Tigers on this podcast about them being more aggressive. This is something that we've not seen from a Tiger squad since, man, it's been a long time since we've gotten a guy or guys that have been as aggressive as this team is. Twice now, we have lost in overtime due to a bad penalty. Mind you, Moose Jaw was the too many men. Scott, is this team being too aggressive where it's costing them? Well, the interesting thing is with that, you know, the the hooking call that happened against the Tigers, it's you know, it could have gone either way, I think. Um, you know, I, I know the Tigers weren't happy just with where they were at in the game, obviously, at three-on-three three overtime. Um, but it got called, and they had to deal with it and tried to kill it off, and they weren't able to. Um, I think the bigger issue kind of goes in the, the the rest of the game. I mean, the Tigers against Calgary on Sunday, it was a chippy game. There was a, a lot of physicality, and at the end of the day, the Tigers took 11 penalties in that game. And if you take 11 penalties, you know, even if you kill off nine or 10 of them, which the Tigers did, they only allowed two power play goals, it still can prove to be the difference when you spend that much time in the penalty box. And not to say Calgary was disciplined at all. They took a number of penalties themselves, and all of Medicine Hat's goals in that game came with the man advantage. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're getting too physical. I, I don't necessarily know if that's the, the issue. I think the biggest thing comes down to stick infractions for this team. If they can clean that up, I think that's going to help them a lot in terms of being able to spend less time down the skater um, for those trips and high sticks, those type of things. I don't know that we anticipated the, the Tigers' offense to kind of be as stagnant as it's been so far this year. And, and obviously you lose... Uh, Brett Camp, Ryan Chazowski, and, and Cole Clayton due to the overaging and aging out of the league. But when you look at this Tigers team in the Eastern Conference, they've given up the fourth least amount of goals, but yet they've also scored the second least amount in the entire East. So so, so maybe it's just a, a matter of this offense still trying to find itself? I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a part of that. And I think you know we haven't really seen many games where both the top end guys and the depth scoring show up in the same game. We've seen a lot of times where it's one or the other. Uh, we saw that on Sunday with the Tigers, um, you know, Lucas Vikovsky, Corson Hoplo, Noah Danielson, they all really led the charge offensively. I mean, Ashton Furster uh, had a goal in that game as well, but Svikovsky and Hoplo each having three point games and um, really were driving play, but you didn't really see quite as much, um, you know, quality high end chances from some of the depth guys. And then we see some other games where, you know, guys like Stephen Arp and Teague Patton and, and Braden Bame are putting the puck in the nets and the top end guys necessarily aren't getting the same puck luck. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing for them in, in finding some offensive rhythm is getting both factors of those rolling at the same time. Well, I mean, let's look at the points right now. I mean, Svekoski leading the league with 22 or leading the team with 22 points. Then you got Hopwell, which we expected. Hot ass. 
our boy, 13. And then anywhere after that, it's anywhere from 2 to 8. We can't just rely on the top line every game because that's putting a lot of pressure on those guys. We need a consistent second and third line. And is it fair to say, Scott, that these close games could possibly probably be won by us if we had a consistent second, third line? Yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll say for the third line of Oren Strom, Teague Patton, and Tyler McKenzie, I think it actually has been Medicine Hat's most consistent line in terms of five-on-five five play. Um, we have seen some games where the top line hasn't been able to, to break through, and the third line has been able to get some uh, quality offensive opportunities. But uh, I think beyond that, it is going to be incumbent on, I think, the second and fourth lines, which Willie Desjardins has really said that those are kind of the lines he's looking to put new combinations, find more consistency. You saw Stephen Arp, after being a, a scratch on Saturday nights, draw into the lineup on Sunday and being able to uh, be a second-line centerman. So they're trying to have a lot of combinations and they're trying to find the, the one formula that's going to work for them moving forward. Another thing to, to notice, the Tigers so far in, what has it been, 16 games now this season? I, I don't have, yeah, 16, I, I think, 15, look at me trying to do quick math uh, in 15 games they've scored they've scored the first goal rather in just four of them uh the starts haven't been there and the lack of offense quite obviously is is, is a contributing factor but uh, I mean when you only have four first goals in, in 15 games that that's a clear indication that that something's maybe not starting on time even well and it's not just that I think it's also that uh, a lot of the first goals that are being scored by the opposition are coming within the first five minutes of the game. We saw that twice this past weekend, both of uh, the games against the Hitmen. Um, one goal was scored, I believe, three minutes and 31 seconds in, and then the next game it was three minutes and 29 seconds in. Um, they, they are giving up those first goals, and while they necessarily haven't been decimated by that because in the, the last couple of games they've either been able to tie it up or in Sunday's case take the lead despite being down one nothing. it does put you by, behind the eight ball early and uh, you are seeing this team having to play come from behind hockey whether it has been in the first period or in the third period as well um, I, it's funny this past weekend I think the Tigers played their best hockey in the second frame uh, which has historically been their, their weakest period of the season so far so I think it just goes back to consistency with this team because um, you know when they're having a really solid second period necessarily their starts and finishes haven't been great and then when they uh, will finish really well and being able to uh, apply pressure in the third period they'll take you know 10 or 15 minutes off in the second frame so that 60 minute effort necessarily hasn't been there for the Tigers and you know I've said it the last couple of, uh, of recordings with you guys but uh, we, we just go back to we're 15 games into the season, which is not an insignificant amount of time for, for the WHL schedule, and the Tigers have two regulation wins. Yeah. So that 60-minute effort just has not really been there uh, since the start of the year, and it's, it is showing on the results. One of, uh, I'm going to shift focuses now because uh, Tiger's also making news this week by uh, having a kid signed by the name of Crew, which, I don't know, they're going out and getting some of the awesomest names ever. World team name. yeah. <laughs> So crew going to be joining. He's a young kid, is he not? Yeah, he's an 05, uh, 2005 born player, Crew Hannes. And uh, if the name Hannes sounds familiar, his older brother um, plays for the uh, the Portland Winterhawks and is an NHL draft pick. And uh, you know, Cross Hannes has, has scored some pretty unbelievable goals over the last uh, couple of years in Portland. And so, a uh, good bloodline coming to the Tigers here. And for Crew, he's uh, a guy who's been able to prove that he can put up points 
at least at uh, the AAA level that he's been playing at with uh, with the Dallas Stars um, uh, minor program that's uh, in Texas. So uh, coming up a, a long ways up to Canada as a signing, uh, an American player. And, um, you know, I'm not expecting him necessarily to break through and score, you know, 50, 60 points this year or anything like that. He's still very young and is one of the youngest players on the Tigers. But I am expecting him to be a depth guy step into the lineup on, a, on occasional nights. And he has proven uh, throughout his, his minor career so far that he is able to, uh, to score at a pretty high clip. So, um, you know, it's, it's a big jump up to, uh, to major junior hockey. And some guys are, take a little bit longer to get to that point where they're able to perform consistently. Uh, I think just for the Tigers, they're hoping they can develop him and uh, get him some, some games in his rookie season here coming forward. Yeah, kind of putting another 05-born player into the forward stable as – they don't have any 05s on the roster when it comes to forwards, at least. But uh, speaking of maybe maybe you know taking some time to get and going, uh, Ashton Furster has had quite a run over the past few games. I believe he has five points in his last three, including three goals, and seemingly becoming more comfortable, Scott? Yeah, I'd say Ashton Furster's been the Tigers' um, most consistent, maybe even best player over the last two weeks. He has been exceptional in front of the net. I was talking with uh, Joey Frazier about him, and he says he's just come such a long way in terms of being able to dominate in front of the net, and whether that's being able to pick up rebound goals or being able to take away a goalie's eyes and screen that minders or get uh, tips in front of the net. He is really doing what he needs to do as a power forward in this league. And look, when you're six foot four, um, that's a guy you want to set up in front of the nets and take some abuse and, and, and try and being able to pick up garbage goals and rebounds and, and tips and those type of things. And the Tigers don't have a lot of forwards who really match the skill set that Ashton Furster brings. So it's been very, very encouraging for the Tigers to see him step up over the last couple of weeks and is giving uh, the team a glimpse of what he could be uh, you know, a year or two down the line as well as an older player in this league. Now, before we let you go, let's talk about this weekend that's coming up. Uh, of course, not an easy matchup at home against the Winnipeg Ice. They just don't lose. How important is that Friday night game in Lethbridge? I, I think that's the game where, I mean, you win that one, you're kind of you you break the the losing streak, and you're probably feeling better going against Winnipeg. Yeah, that's going to be a key game for the Tigers here. Look, I, I believe that this past Sunday's game was the biggest game of the season for the Tigers. Um, I think that is shifting to this Friday night's game in Lethbridge. And it is crazy that we're six weeks into this WHL season, and this is going to be the first meeting between the Tigers and Lethbridge Hurricanes. I, I can't remember a year when it's taken this long for the Highway 3 rivalry yeah. to be reignited. Um, you know, maybe that's the, the fuel that fires the Tigers uh, being able to uh, maybe break this seven-game losing skit. Uh, you know, reigniting this rivalry with the Lethbridge Hurricanes who themselves have, uh, you know, coming off a, a lengthy losing streak. They won this past weekend uh, to stop their streak at six. Uh, two very similar teams, both very young teams and uh, with a lot to prove. And uh, I'm expecting a, a big game coming up Friday. And that's just going to dovetail right into Saturday's game, which is going to be, I think, the toughest opponent yet this year for the Tigers, a Winnipeg Ice team that has been uh, one of the most consistent teams, not only in the Western Hockey League, but in Canada, uh, with two uh, potential first-round picks in Matt Savoy and Connor Geeky. Uh, Winnipeg is an extremely loaded team, and the Tigers will have to start the weekend off on the right foot against Lethbridge, I think, to have a shot in that game. Yeah, it's it feels like doom and gloom for the Tigers right now, considering they haven't won in their last seven games, but still just two points back a third in the Central Division. So <laughs> uh, that kind of puts into perspective how, how chaotic this season yeah. might be at the uh, third playoff spot in the Central. And uh, Scott, last one for you. you. You mentioned a couple players there, but is there anyone in specific that maybe you're really excited to see from the Winnipeg Ice on Saturday? 
Um, you know, I think those two draft eligible guys are going to be really interesting in, in uh, Savoy and Kiki. Um, you know, they have a lot to prove this year and uh, have scouts watching them every single game. Um, but I'm also looking uh, at uh, Carson Lambos. Look, he missed pretty much all of last year with injury, and he's proven he can be a, a dominant player at this league and was a, a first-round pick of the Minnesota Wild. Um, this is really his uh, his first opportunity as a drafted player in the NHL to uh, kind of impress after uh, an injury plague season last year. So that's going to be one guy on the back end that I, I'm expecting to have a big game on, on Saturday night. Well, going to be a tough one for the Medicine Hat Tigers Friday in Lethbridge against the Hurricanes, and then Saturday, that big game against Winnipeg, which we know the Tigers play very hard teams differently. Mm-hmm. We saw it early on against Edmonton. Who knows? Maybe we get a one nothing Tigers victory. Oh boy. Who knows? We'll find out. If you want to follow the action this weekend, you can listen to Scott on Chat 94.5. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. by South Country Co-op. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. The talk of Tigertown. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. And even though the Tigers are on a little bit of a losing streak, Lance, I got to say, one of the bright spots that we've even talked about on the podcast has been the goaltending. Yep. I believe that in the WHL, this team has the best one-two punch when it comes to goaltending. Yeah, arguably one of the best. I mean, yep. Winnipeg has a great duo nah. as well that we'll see uh, on Saturday at Co-op Place. But uh, but we always love to get to chat with, with our next guest that's joining the pod for the first time. It is Matt Wong, the goaltender coach for the Tabbies. Matty, how are you doing, bud? Not too bad. How about you guys? Thank good, you for having good. me. Hey, hey, we're doing all right, man. I mean, we're a little bummed, obviously. Tigers on a little bit of a losing streak, but it must be a feather in your cap to know that the goaltending, it, it has been one of the bright spots this year of the team. Yeah, I think I think to this point, both guys have, you know, have, all things considering, have been pretty good, and I think we feel good, whoever goes in there, that we're going to have a chance to to win. I think, you know, right now we're probably haven't gotten the results that we're after as of late as far as wins and losses, but... Um, you know, we're a bounce away, a goal away, a save away from winning some of these games. I think four of the last seven games, you know, been to OT or shootout. So we're right there. Just as goalies, we just have to find a way to make one more save. Well, and that's got to be a, a bit of a difficult thing, Matt, considering, I, I mean, you look at the, the numbers and I don't know how close you follow. We might not care about them at all. And I, I, I'll just tell you, Garen's numbers are a bit inflated compared to how he's actually been playing. And Lankow's numbers are, are solid, but both of them, when you watch them play, have been so steady in, in the crease for the Tigers. 
But is it difficult as a goaltender, kind of considering the run that, that's been going on and it feels like you just can't find that bounce that, that you almost you're, you're gripping it a little too tight trying to make every single save and getting out of position or something like that? I think it can be if, if you let it. Um, I know when we talk, it doesn't matter whether it's this year or whether it's been some of the teams I've been a part of that have been really successful. Uh, we've never, as goalies, we've never chased, got caught up in chasing the end result. We talk a lot about playing properly and doing things the right way. And if we do that, then I think more often than not that we're going to like what the end result actually is. I think if, as a goalie, I think if you get caught up in end results and you get caught chasing, you know, the stats, the wins and all of that, I think that's when you could maybe see the goalie start trying to do a little bit too much. Um, and I think once the goalie starts doing too much, you see some cheating, you see some guessing, you probably see some goals that go in that shouldn't. So I think for us as goalies, the, the biggest thing has just been, uh, you know, do things the right way, play properly and, and give the team every chance you can to, to win the games. And like I said, is we just got to try to find a way to make one more save. I've been obsessed with like asking people how the transition was coming off last year because there was no fans in the stands. How was it like for for the goaltenders last year? Because I mean, when you're playing in some of these arenas that have no fans, which almost seems like a practice, yeah. and now you're going and you're saying, "Okay, now fans are back in the stands." Did you notice there had to be some sort of adjustment in that? I don't think so. If anything, it's maybe just a shot of a shot of intensity, adrenaline, a shot of something, something good. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see people back in the buildings. It's awesome to see the energy, the noise. Uh, I, th- I think it does nothing but help both teams bring some more, uh, like I said, excitement and energy to the games. It's been awesome to see the fans back. Uh, Garen Bjorklund, Matty, has been playing really well. I mean, we look back to, to this past weekend and the performance he put up in Calgary uh, at the Saddle Dome and just how, how rock solid he was. And, of course, uh, I think I can speak for not only the, the fans but the players as well. When you see uh, Bjorklund in net, you know you're going to get a consistent and steady performance. Just just how has his leadership role maybe changed uh, from last year to this, if any? Um, that's an interesting question. Leadership-wise, I, I don't know if it really changes for a goaltender a whole lot. Like, I think I always view goalies as more of a, you know, of a lead-by-example kind of a thing. I think Bjorks has been fine. Uh, again, he's a save away, I think, from really liking some of these games. So he's right there, too. He, As far as leadership and stuff, he, he works so hard. He tries so hard. He competes so hard. Uh, he, he's going to start getting some bounces right away here. Well, and you can tell that he's one of those guys that grinds, hey? Oh, yeah. Like, you, you, can just, you can see it in a guy's demeanor and, and how, they, how they go about doing their work. And you can just tell with Garen Matt, that, that he really is a hard worker, like like top-end top hard work. Super competitive, you know, really competitive. I, any mistake that he does make is never from a, a lack of try or a lack of effort. So I think, you know, I think as far as leadership, what you just mentioned, I think that can maybe rub off on, on some of the other guys too. Sure. Does Bjorkland go out there and does he say, you know what, boss, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one sprawling save a game. I'm going to go out there and uh, post to post, I'm just going to stack the pads. Because that kid, he averages like one or two of those saves a yeah. night where you're like, how did he do that? Yeah, he does. There is usually one or two ten ballers in the over the course of a game. I think in a perfect world, we'd like to try to make as many saves as collected as we can. But you know, you do what you got to do, and if something goes off script, I think he has that athletic ability to and that flexibility to to make those second effort saves, like you're talking about. Uh, with Beckett Lankow, it it seems like it's been a really good start for him on on the outside. I, I imagine 
that would be similar from from your point of view. But uh, he he seems like a guy that no matter what the situation is. He's got a strong head on his shoulders. He doesn't get too phased by anything, never gets too high, never gets too low. He really does. I think that's totally accurate. I think Bexy's been really good. Um, he has that calm, cerebral, I feel that's a word I've been using a lot lately, but <laughs> it, that's what it is, a calm, cerebral quality. Uh, I've, I've had guys like that before. Uh, after a game, you know, a hard game or whatever, I can be a little bit wound up and, you know, one conversation or one look from them is enough to put me back at ease and, and Beckett has that. Uh, very competitive, simple, again, hardworking guy. Our two goalies, I think, have a great relationship with each other. They push each other in practice. It's all, it's really fun to see the, the competition games that we play at the end of practice, those two going head-to-head. So, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Bexy's been fine and I, I'm... Uh, excited to see how he progresses as the season marches on what's it been like for you because i know you also uh, you dip into the southern alberta hockey academy as well you've you know, dealing with a lot of goaltenders what's it like like molding the young minds and just seeing where they go afterwards it's an age i really like like the junior hockey age the midget age it's i i view that age as a, a spot in a player's path where the coach can have a, a huge influence good or bad um, in in the the pathway of the players, so you know all the kids are really eager to learn. You know the the girls team. I have a, a ton of fun uh, coaching with coaching the goalies on the girls team, and just you know it's each individual trying to come up with a plan for each individual goalie and trying to help them you know get to where they want to get to. It must be great just to have, I mean, that local feel again. Because for the longest time, there were no Medicine Hat or Redcliffe products. And now since we've seen this Hockey Academy, we're seeing more and more. And I just, it's got to feel great just to be a part of that. It is. It's awesome to see, to have a program like that as, as well structured as it is. And to be able to keep some of the local players in town here and watching them grow and progress and develop. Uh, and, and move on to some really, really good things, really special things. So to, to be a part of it is awesome. Uh, last one from me, Maddie, and, and I don't want you to give away the the tricks of the trade that you may have, <laughs> but but I'm just curious because so often when we talk about goaltenders, we always hear it's one of the hardest positions to really fully understand, to navigate, to project, and, and we hear all these things when it comes around the crease area for, for you, when you're watching, whether it's Lankow or Bjorklund for the Tigers, what are some of the things that, that you look for that maybe like fans can get a better understanding of? I mean, the two goalies are so different. I guess that's what I think the art of coaching is, is that the, the two goalies that we have are just completely different in terms of playing style, in terms of the way they are as people. So I think, you know, I think when you watch Bexie play, I think you see, like I said, you see that calm, cerebral look. You see simplicity. You see some competitiveness and some second nature, some second effort stuff from him. Uh, I think when you watch Bjork's play, I think you see high energy. I think you see a lot of energy. I think you see a lot of confidence. I think you see a lot of uh, pizzazz, if you will. Um, and, that, again, that's that's kind of how he is as a person, too. I think there's a direct, you know, line to be drawn or influenced between how they are as people to how they are on on the ice. And I think there's no better example than our two goalies.
Well, it, it's working. I mean, that is that's not only just us saying it, but when going through co-op place and talking to the Tiger fans, that has kind of been the bright spot so far this mm-hmm. season is the goaltending of the one-two punch. And a lot of it has to do with you. I mean, you're doing a hell of a job. <laughs> we appreciate you jumping on the podcast, man, and uh, thanks for your time. You betcha. You betcha, guys. Thanks for having me. Just one more thing, just as far as it's not all it, – It's this is not all me. There's a lot of moving pieces to this, I think – in terms of Bexy, I think he's a great story, you know, undrafted, you know, probably a late grower. I think just hats off to uh, to Bobby and the scouts for finding him. And uh, that's, there's no, I, I, guess, I think that's kind of the cornerstone of every organization is the good scouting. So I think we owe a lot of credit to Bobby and the scouts for well, uh, for finding these guys. Yeah, on today's episode, we are just completely crediting you. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better give uh, Bobby that... F- Hundred bucks you owe him for giving him a nice little <laughs> shutter on the podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Appreciate you, Maddie. Thanks, guys. Talk later. More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. Extreme touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Fast and fearless, baby. Here we go. Powered by South Country Co-op. Man, I could talk to Matty Wong. I could talk goaltending to that guy for probably an hour, but we don't have an hour on the podcast. I wish we could get more into the academy world and and working with with those midget players and, and even some Bantam players. and. Because it's so incredible, this, the amount of of structure that these goaltenders have now at such a young age, they learn so much so fast that uh, that that it's it's taken on a whole different level. Like there's no more Dominic Hashiks of the world that just no. flop around. There's right? not so. even Bouillon. Like we we don't see a guy like Michael Bouillon anymore, who's Line kind of hammer. all over the place. Yep. So yeah, I, I also really wanted to talk to him about that kid they signed uh, early September, Zach Zahara, I believe his right, name is. Right, right, right. He he's kind of like the th- I think he's third string goaltender, but. Um, We'll we'll talk to Maddie again because uh, yeah we could talk goaltending for quite some time. We end the podcast with our predictions. Oh, oh, we're still doing those. Ever since we started doing these, they haven't won. So you think it's on us? Yes, I think this might be an us problem. Okay, all right. Well, Friday night, uh-huh. we go to the NMAX Center in for Lethbridge. the first time this season. We finally get the Lethbridge. Hurricanes. Only took 16 games, but yeah. whatever, schedule makers, yeah, it's I'm, fine. No offense to the Broncos fans, but I'm quite sick of playing your team. <laughs> You'll be sick of the Wheat Kings, too, because I'm pretty sure they uh, play the Wheat Kings like 3-5 and five uh, soon. Anyway. Kay. Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah. What happens? Do we end the seven-game losing streak, or does it continue? I, I am no longer predicting. I'm I'm abstaining. Okay, I'll predict. Okay. Yeah, you, uh. you predict. I'll abstain. Maybe it's my fault. We are going to get... A 3-1 victory. Okay. And we're going to end 
uh-huh. the losing streak in Lethbridge because right. they deserve it. Okay, <laughs> they do. Saturday night. Now we've seen this team play a lot better against better teams. That's true. They we seem saw to that they beat Edmonton in a shootout mm-hmm. at home. Beat Red Deer as well. They just did not beat Saskatoon at home, which I thought they would. But they 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 still played a decent game. Yep. I think they're going to surprise people, okay. and I think that Winnipeg's going to take us too lightly. We'll probably get their third-string goaltender. I think that the Tigers will beat the Winnipeg Ice. Wow. The Tigers will be the second loss as okay. of this recording right? for the Winnipeg Ice. Okay. Well, that's, a, that's a big call. That's a really big call. Because Winnipeg's really good. But I'll tell you, if I'm right... All you're going to hear about next week on the podcast. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I think like the top 10 point getters in the league right now, the Western Hockey League, basically all of them play for Winnipeg. <laughs> like they're crazy. Hey, as long as the Tigers do not take any penalty. Right. If they can be a, a penalty, penalty-list team Saturday, right. we got it. We might have to take their whistles away from the refs to make sure that happens. Just don't go on the penalty kill, <laughs> and you may have a shot of winning. Fair enough. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.